Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day out there. We got Brother Kent Hovind here. Check this out, Kent. You're going to like this. You ever in a chat overlay before? It's a new tool with these uh, streaming systems. Brother, I, I don't even know the old tools. Don't, don't give me a new one, okay? <laughs> Well, basically what it does is it allows for people to be able to have discussions, ask questions, and it's actually seen on the screen. Now, I know what you're thinking. Wait a minute. There's a lot of Satanists out there and evil people. What do you do with that? Well, we got a blacklist where we're able to block certain words if people decide to get real. You know what I mean? Okay. You mean there's people that don't like you too, Brett? Oh, there's people who seem to be uh, overly fans of us, Kent. You know how it is. <laughs> hey, I think they hated Jesus and his disciples and most of the prophets, and so I think we're in good company. You see, there we go. You might get on the big screen. You're the most handsomest person in the stream so far. Yeah. As long as there's no competition, I'll win every time. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So how's your Christmas been? How's everything been going? Oh, God is a good brother. Some of God's kids drive me crazy, but God is good. It's been amazing around here. I've now done three. I have another debate tonight. That's number 314, I believe. Uh, it's just, I love taking on the atheists. Uh, we have a great place here. We had a Christmas dinner. We're in Lenox, Alabama, just north of Pensacola, 70 mile. And it is so fun here. Our Christmas dinner was amazing. You had to come... We had 45 people here, I believe. Our little ministry, the town of Lenox only has 30 people. We got 45 living here at our camp, so we got we can start our own town. <laughs> we don't want to do that. Anyway, it, Christmas party was great. We've had 252 baptized in our lake out here since we started. So come on down, pay us a visit. It's a blast. Free, too. So why don't you tell folks what it's like being down there? You've given me a little bit of detail on it, but anybody that might actually be interested or haven't, heard of it. Talk about it a little bit. Well, short story, I've been a Baptist preacher 48 years. I taught high school science and math for 15 years. And six, seven years ago now, someone called me. I was in Pensacola for 30 years. I make a lot of DVDs on science in the Bible, like 15 million of them we've put out over the years. And a guy called me from Missouri. He said, Kent, I love your ministry. How can I help? Bottom line is I told him we're looking for property to build a Christian camp. And he bought this for us, an old gravel pit in Lenox, Alabama. 140 acres, gave it to us for free. We've had visitors from 70 countries, all 50 states. And uh, we just teach, I'm an old-fashioned, independent, temperamental, fundamental Baptist preacher. We believe the Bible is true and evolution is stupid, real stupid. And so I do debates against those guys. And when we came, there was nothing here. We slowly put in, we have 25, I think, cabin spaces now and 20 motorhome hookups. And our science center is 12,000 square feet of really cool science experiments. People come from all over. It's free. Come on down. We'll put you up for a couple of days. After about two days, though, we give them a hammer, put them to work. The whole place has been built by volunteers and donations and uh, just stunning watching what God's doing here. And you come on down. Well, you got somebody over here named Tom Walden who says you he you are one of his most favorite people in the whole wide world, and he actually included me as well. That's very nice of him. Now, wow. if Tom Walden were to come down to where you're at, um, is there a place for him to stay if he wanted to hang out with you guys and all that? I mean, how, oh, how do you a, go on that? That's exactly what happens here every day, all day, okay? Only we don't just hang out. We got work to do. Uh, we have uh, cabins people can stay in for free. 
we have if single guys, we have what we call our man cave. How many guys can sleep in there? Like six or seven, I think. Or Anyway, there's only three or four guys in there pretty much full time. Some people come and stay for a few days, help us build stuff and leave. And some people come stay for weeks or months, all built by volunteers and donations. It's, it's really, Freddie, our cook's been here six and a half years with his family and five kids. And he does an amazing job cooking. Oh, man. So, yeah, if you come spend a couple of days, we have four different tours that we offer. Our Science Center tour is amazing. It's all based on the seven days of creation. Day one, let there be light. So the first room is all full of cool science experiments about light, electricity, magnetism. Light can be refracted, diffused. Um, Tesla coil, a Van de Graaff generator, make your hair stand up, and all kinds of fun stuff, all hands-on activities about light. Day two, you go to air. We have a hyperbaric chamber. We have a Tesla, I mean, a, a Bernoulli blower. That kids go crazy over that, a Venturi vacuum. Uh, I taught science for years. And so then day three is all about plants. Day four, it's all about the stars. We have telescopes and stuff. So we go through the six days of creation and give God the glory with a bunch of cool science experiments that kids will never forget. Then I get to give the outside tour around the 140 acres on the side-by-side, -side, which is really fun. We give them a choice. Do you want the grandma tour or the real four-wheeler tour? Almost everybody wants the real tour. And if they survive, they get a certificate <clears throat> that says they made it through the real tour. We've given tours to thousands of people here. I got one waiting when I get done with this program. Family just came from Moldova uh, with three kids to visit the place. They hear about us all over the world. We don't advertise at all. Just word of mouth. People tell their friends, go see Dinosaur Adventure Land. We have a barn tour that's amazing. We have 35 different kinds of chickens to teach. Yeah, chickens produce a variety of offspring. They're still called a chicken. It doesn't prove elephants are related to bananas. See, the atheists will see a variety of chickens, and I think the now farmers have bred or developed 500 different varieties of chickens. Okay, and they probably had a common ancestor called a chicken. But they'll look at that and say, see, this proves chickens are related to mosquitoes. In their itty-bitty brain, the evolutionists think the variations we see within the kind is evidence that all the kinds are related, which is just plain dumb. The Bible says they bring forth after their kind, and that's all that's ever happened. So we do that on our farm tour. Then we have a playground tour. That's incredible. We have a giant swing. You pull the swing up to the tower and jump off. It's called the leap of faith. When you're standing up there looking down, you're thinking, I believe it'll work. Okay, well, pick up your feet. You'll feel the moment where you switch over from believing to trusting. There's a difference. You can believe all day long. Pick up your feet, and now you've committed, trusted. A lot of people, ah, they've got him in their head. They don't have him in their heart. And I'm a scientist, and I studied the whole property carefully. I chose the place to build the, the leap of faith swing right where we did, because I figured if you fall out of the swing, the ground will stop you right there. We have all kinds of our playground tours, you amazing have... farm tour, science center tour, and the outside tour. Come on down. Every, bring everybody. It's all free. You had said uh, during your years of uh, teaching science and all that, how did it make you emotionally feel whenever they told you that science teachers need to start teaching that kids come from rocks and monkeys and amoebas and all this kind of stuff? What went through your mind when you heard them say, this is what people got to teach in classrooms? Brother, science means knowledge, okay? We know cows produce cows. You can watch it happen. We know that. We do not know that cows are related to mosquitoes. Religion, somebody believes that. So I think in science class, we should teach science. It's real simple. Science is what we know. 
We do not know how the world began. We can, I have a religious belief that God created it, but I don't think that's part of science. I couldn't prove that. I think it'd be, I think it'd be scientifically logical that somebody made this ink pen. It would be illogical to say the pen made itself. And I think it's illogical to say the world made itself. The subject of origins is really outside the realm of science. In science class, we should teach science. What do we know? We know cows produce cows. Do we know cows are related to ladybugs? No. You can believe that if you wish. But see, evolutionists will never admit evolution is a religion pretending to be science. And it's so thoroughly mixed in with our science books, people think it's part of science. Like they teach the kids, well, each of the layers of the earth is a different age. And during the Cretaceous period, stop, stop, stop. They say the layers are a different age. The geologic column was made up in 1830 by a guy who hated the Bible. And it's taught to this day. They tell the kids the top layer is younger than the bottom layer. I say, really? Where did it come from? Outer space? How on earth can the layers be different ages? All the layers are the same age. If you shuffle up, I got this little thing behind me. We do all the time when kids come. Let's see. I had another one, a smaller one. I tried to get my big one without knocking SpongeBob down. These sand art things, when you flip them over, in a matter of minutes, they will make, you know, 20 or 30 layers of different color sand. Is the top layer younger? No. The flood of Noah made all the layers in one year. All over the world, petrified trees are found standing up, connecting. How long does a dead tree stand around? You know, a couple of years, not millions. So the whole geologic column is an absolute joke. It does not exist. I'll debate any atheist in the world on that topic. I've been doing a lot of debates on Standing for Truth channel. They can go there, Standing for Truth, and see I've done 50 last year. Got one more tonight and one more uh, Thursday night. So I just want to teach the truth. There is no geologic column. I live in a gravel pit here. Uh, we have seven layers of gravel. It's gravel, sand, clay, gravel, sand, clay, seven layers. They go all the way to North Carolina from Alabama. And all the layers of gravel were formed by the moon. I cover that on my tour that I give. The moon did all that. It's another long story. So it makes me sad to see evolution mixed in with science because it's not part of science. It's a religious belief. There are now eight different varieties of bears. They might have had a common ancestor called a bear. Okay, I would go along with that. But they teach the kids, see these eight kinds of bears? That proves bears are related. No, it doesn't. And they say, well, they got DNA similarities. Okay. I bet you could look at all the books in my library, and I've got thousands of them here. They all use the same basic code called the English alphabet. I bet you could open any of these books and find the letter A in there somewhere. Does that prove they're related? No, that's the code. You write, you write English with the 26-letter code called the alphabet. And God wrote all the life forms with a basic DNA code. The fact that there's similar DNA in different creatures only proves the same, same guy wrote the book. God, I believe, but I couldn't prove that. And I'm not asking that creation be taught in public schools. I think we should question if we should even have public schools, okay? <clears throat> but if we should have them, certainly they should not teach evolution. They should teach science in science class. Science is what we know. All we know is dogs produce dogs. You do not know anything other than that. You can believe and wish and imagine all you want, but that's outside of science. So when I become king, we're taking all the evolution out of all the public schools, just teach science. So even if evolution is true, it's not provable scientifically. It's a waste of classroom time in a science class. Teach it in a religion class or a class, but not science. Okay, sorry for talking so long. Go ahead.
No, I enjoy listening to you, Kent. I really do. You are very informative and educational, and you always make it interesting as well. What we do know through science is life has always come from life, but we've never seen spontaneous generation. We've never observed anything living come out of a rock or non-living matter. Why do you think it is that atheists, they don't see that their, their propositions are faith-based? They've been taught it so long. I mean, Hitler said, if you tell a lie long enough and loud enough and often enough, the people will believe it. And they start the kids off before they can even read. They give the kid in a four-year-old preschool class a dinosaur. They'll say, see, boys and girls, I got some here somewhere, I think. Yeah, okay. See, boys and girls, this dinosaur is 70 million years old. The kid can't even read, okay? And he's going to believe the teacher. So he goes through life thinking, wow, this dinosaur is 70 million years old. And that's what he's taught over and over and over. And when somebody comes along and questions that, say, no kid, it's not 70 million years old. The whole world's only 6,000 years old. And there was a big flood 4,400 years ago that destroyed the world. And that flood made all the fossils. It sounds like you're speaking a foreign language to them because they've been so thoroughly brainwashed. If you went to Nazi Germany in 1942 and told the Germans, hey, uh, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed are not superior. Oh, yes, they are. We've been taught that all our life. We're superior. They've been brainwashed into believing that in communist China. They brainwashed the people starting before they can read that communism is good. Communism is good. No, it's not good. But you can't tell them. And you can't tell most atheists evolution didn't happen. Sorry. I do it all the time, and they don't like it. There is no evidence anywhere for evolution. We did a whole series of debates on Standing for Truth, 50 of them last year. Where's the evidence for evolution? I would like to see it. They don't have any. Instead, they say, well, where's the evidence for creation? I say, well, I think that's obvious, but I'm not asking that be taught. And this is not the debate tonight. The debate is, where's the evidence for evolution? And they're really good at distracting attention. Oh, look at the squirrel. Oh, <laughs> they try to get your attention off of the topic. There is no evidence whatsoever of any animal or plant ever producing something other than its kind. The one example they always give is broccoli and cauliflower. Somebody took the wild mustard plant <clears throat> and said, you know, I like the seeds. This seed tastes good. I'm going to crossbreed wild mustard plants and emphasize bigger seeds. And over many generations, they got broccoli with much bigger flowering part. It's the same plant. It's like if somebody works out their right arm, they only work out their right arm until their right arm gets huge. The rest of the body stays puny. Human is still a right arm. They just emphasized, they took the wild mustard plant and emphasized different parts of it, the root, the stem, the flower, the leaf, etc., and ended up with broccoli and cauliflower. They're all derivative of mustard plant. And the atheists, that's their favorite one to say, see, that's evolution. I said, no, guys, it's the same plant. They emphasized a different part. You can get horses and selectively breed those that can go faster. And after four, five, six generations, you get racehorses. I agree. They've done that with cows. Farmers have decided, I want my cows to produce more milk. So they save the best milk producers and crossbreed those and sell the rest. After a few generations, they got a herd of high-volume milk producers, dairy cows. Sell a cow, it didn't create anything. It emphasized the part they already had. The other farmers say, I want beef cows. So they save out those that are bigger and give more beef and get rid of the rest of them. And pretty soon they got a herd of beef cows. Still a cow, didn't gain anything. Some farmer might say, you know, I need cows that can 
handle the hot weather. It's hot out here in West Texas. So they crossbreed until they get cows that can handle hot weather or cold weather or dry climate, whatever. And they've now varieties of cows that farmers selected. They're all still cow. Nothing has changed. And it's something that it's a trait they already had. They already had the ability to make milk. They didn't get any cows that could fly. None. Didn't get wings on them. So all the, and, and the, the variations that they do get always have limits. There's a rodeo in Texas where they ride cows and they jump them over fences. I've got a video of a cow jumping over a six-foot fence. I think that's the record now. A cow over a okay. six-foot fence? Yep. So I believe, Brett, if you gave that cow vitamins and take it, took it to the gym every day to work out, someday that cow could jump over the moon. <laughs> okay. Is that a good theory? I got a no, I got a I, question for you. I, I can't. I okay. don't know if you or any of your family or crew watch uh, shows like CSI or with forensics and all that, but they uh, they seem to have a challenging time. If they find a skeletal structure that's over ten years old, they almost never are able to identify where it came from. Yet we are to believe that they can do this with something that's sixty five million years old. Do you find that unusual? They got a 15-year-old corpse or a skeleton structure, and they can't identify or relate it to nothing, but 65 million years ago is different. I think there's a variety of terms for that. Blowing smoke, uh, pulling your leg, uh, what else? There's a whole variety of terms, some kind of vulgar. But I think they're lying is the polite way to say it. They don't know. First of all, when you find bones in the dirt, any bones in the dirt really could prove is it died. Could not prove it had any kids. Could you? They find a skeleton. They say, see, this is the mother of all of us. You don't know it's the mother of anybody. You can't prove it had any kids. You certainly couldn't prove it had kids that were different. No animal today can produce babies that are different than themselves. Cows produce cows, dogs produce dogs, cats produce cats. There are no exceptions, none. But they wish to believe and imagine, SpongeBob style, that all the animals are related. So all you could prove is it died. You could not prove it had any kids. You could not prove it had kids that lived. And you certainly could not prove it had kids that lived that were different. And why would they think a bone in the dirt is able to do something that no animal today can do? No animal today can produce babies other than its kind. Like the Bible said would happen 24 times in the first seven chapters they're going to bring forth after their kind or sort. That's all that we've ever seen. So that is science. I do whack an atheist every Wednesday night. I use my little hammer to whack SpongeBob on the head, say, look, wake up, get some sense in there. Science means knowledge. Look it up. It's the Latin word seer, knowledge. What do we know? We know cows produce cows. We know monkeys produce baby monkeys. We do not know that monkeys ever produced a human in the past. And why can it only happen long ago and far away? Why can't it happen today? There's plenty of monkeys having babies. Make another human. I want to see it. That would be science. Another interesting question I got for you too, Kent, is when the atheist or the supposed scientist out here, they show these different skulls and try to compare humans with primates, how can they possibly know if it's not just simply a deformed skull or something that was damaged? Or uh, I've actually seen... Um, uh, gorillas as well as chimps that have hydrocephalus. Have you ever heard of this? I have. There are many deformities today 
Go to the hospital. There's all kinds of weird deformities. That's not evolution. Almost always the mutations that happen are harmful, fatal, or neutral. And if you had a good mutation, who would it marry? Don't you have to have two with the same mutation in the same place at the same time, and they got to find each other and be interested? And then once they start making babies, all the rest of them have to die. The whole world has to die. Or else that new, improved species gets blended back into the population. So it is such a dumb religion. I don't know how anybody believes it. But they do, so I got lifetime employment trying to straighten them out. Usually, uh, whenever we look at the animal kingdom, usually if a creature is weak or it's wounded or hurt in some way, usually packs of animals will wipe it out, won't they? Right. Yeah, if there's a deformity, oftentimes the herd will simply neglect it, let it die, or purposely kill it, because it's going to be a, it'll drag down the population of the rest of them, make them more, you know, uh, accessible for enemies or something like that. You got a so, question out here from somebody, from the guy named Tom Walden. He says, any updates on the construction of the largest dinosaur being built at Dow? Thanks. I have a dream someday to build, right now in Canada, they have an 82-foot-tall dinosaur, concrete and steel dinosaur. You climb up inside, and you look out the mouth over nothing, Canada, okay? Uh, and they have a town, I think it's 20,000 people or something, a little bitty town, maybe smaller than that. And they have 300,000 visitors a year go to see that world's biggest dinosaur. I would like to build the world's biggest dinosaur. I drew a bunch of plans while I was in prison unjustly for nine years. I said, I drew all the plans up of a brachiosaur. If I got one here someplace. Uh, no, don't have one handy. Anyway. And my dad was an engineer. My brother was an engineer. And I taught math and science. And so uh, I drew up the plans on how to do this thing with uh, space frame technology. And I sent it to some engineer friends of mine. I said, if we do this 110 feet tall, would this work? They both sent back messages saying, Hoven, you are insane, but yes, this will work. I would like to have the dinosaur where you climb up inside, in the belly is a bookstore, you go up 110 feet, the neck, and then they have repelling down off the, off the neck, and the tail's a water slide down into the lake. See, I get these ideas from eating pizza with peanut butter on it late at night. That's water, but that's a different story. So. The, yes, there's no, no plans other than it costs, like, looks like it's going to cost about a bunch of money, at least a million dollars, get the frame up, uh, skin and all that stuff. And uh, So, yeah, I'd like to build it. Get Send some money down here. I'll build it. Tom Walden says, have either one of you uh, debated Matt Delahunty, the atheist, and if given the opportunity, how would you witness to him? I actually recently had a discussion with Matt Delahunty, and he called me a mother effer repeatedly, and uh, he didn't seem like he was full of the Christmas spirit, if you know what I mean. But yeah, I had a discussion with him. I don't know about you, Kent. Have you had an opportunity? I would be glad to debate him, and I don't see how the mother effer is a problem if you're married. I don't understand that, but um, to me, that's the way it's supposed to be. <clears throat> anyway, that's it. I think that shows a lack of intelligence when they curse and swear like that. I'll debate Matt Dillahunty anytime. Tell him. I'll take him on any day. And if he's got evidence for evolution, I want to see it. He's a believer. He's a religious fanatic for his religion. That's all he is. I'll debate him, and he can have 20 assistants on his with side. But I get half the time, one topic at a time. And 
No interrupting. I told uh, Mr. Nell's himself, R and Ra, the sun god. I'll debate him anytime. But see, he's a master at talking, using big words, and he throws out 20 topics and you don't have time to answer all of them. And he says, aha, I won because you didn't answer my question. Well, you threw out 20 questions. One topic at a time, no interrupting. I'll take on Matt and, and Aaron Nelson and all of them together, okay? And I'm just a lowly high school science teacher with a non-accredited degree. So if they don't like my degree, great. I should be easy picking then. Come on, guys. I'm an easy target. Bring it on. I got a, had an opportunity to talk to Aaron Raw back, and I got into a discussion with him about how can he describe how evolution would have uh, evolved the nervous system and pain receptors. And he told me, <laughs> I'll have to get back with you on that. I, that's, a, that's like a thesis worth of information and all that. And it's obvious he's not going to be able to find it on Wikipedia, which is where he usually tries to get all of his information. They have, there's never been an evolutionary explanation for the uh, evolution of anything complex. How did the eyeball evolve? It's really complex. What they do is they line up a bunch of animals that have different kinds of eyes, what they call a simple eye up to the you know, complex eye. But that lining up creatures does not prove anything. I could line up automobiles, you know, from a Model T to a Lincoln Continental. Doesn't prove one change to the other. There were designers all along the way that made these changes. And there is no evidence of any of the complex structures. I'm doing a series every Friday night called Making Babies. And it's driving the atheist crazy. I ask him simple questions. How did this evolve where this creature could make babies like this? The queen ant will mate one time. The queen ant <coughs> has wings. She goes flying off on her virgin honeymoon flight. The drones swirl around her trying to be the first one to get to her. Neither one have ever had sex. Neither one. They're both virgin. The drone mates with the queen, enough sperm to last a lifetime, sometimes 50 years. She stores the sperm in her body for 50 years. How did this evolve? And then he dies. Do the drones know? Hey, you get to make love one time and you die. I mean, hello, do they know that? How do they know how to do it at all while they're flying? So I, I go through that, those bee, uh, bees, ants, the night before, last Friday night, it's on our channel, Kent Hovind Official. But each animal that I've done, how did this animal evolve this ability to make babies in this way? Some have some really bizarre methods of making babies. And that no evolutionist anywhere has touched one of my questions in any of those series. They can't, because that would be, they would have to admit, you know, we really don't know, but we believe it happened. Okay, that's your religion. Admit it. You have a religion. They'll never admit that, but that's all they've got, a dumb religion, really dumb. Now, some of the creationist groups are very smart, and they're a little more tactful than me. You know, they say, well, that's not very intelligent. No, it's just, I call it stupid, okay? Well, there Alabama. you go. It is what it is. You got to lay it out the way it is. It is. My, uh, have you, uh, you've got over 300 debates and I've seen quite a few of them, all of them excellent in my uh, mind on this. Have you, uh, have you had a discussion with non-believers or evolutionists about how is it that it sounded like you were getting close to it with the ants, but have you ever asked them, how is it that they believe that the male and the female can continue to evolve and go through all these changes yet somehow are able to in sync with each other and continuously be compatible through all these changes. Does that make sense what I'm asking? Oh, 
Yeah, yeah, I ask him all the time. If you had the male evolve first, but he's 100 miles away from the female, don't you have a problem? If he evolved 10 years before the female, don't you have a similar problem? They have to both evolve, male and female, both of which are very complex, at the same time, in the same place. They've got to find each other and be interested. There's a whole giant host of problems they simply ignore. Their answer typically is if they give an answer at all, they'll say, well, we're here, so obviously it works, which is a really stupid answer. <laughs> it shows, A, they have a religion, and B, how dumb it is. Why don't they admit, wow, it looks like it's designed. Did you know if you found a, a 3 8 nut that screwed onto a 3 8 bolt, you would probably think this nut is designed to go on this bolt. Got to have the same thread pattern, same diameter. Oh, yeah. They're designed for each other. There's no, there's no other logical answer. The nut and the bolt are designed to go on each other. A screw exhibits design. A, a nail, you let alone the human genome, and we, our, our DNA code is four, uh, has four letters in the code, not just two. You know, the, um, all of our computer code is, you know, binary, zeros and ones. Well, the DNA code is four. Randall, how much more complex is a four-bit code than a two-bit code? Thousands of times more complex. How many words could you make if you only had two letters in your alphabet? You can make a lot more if you had four letters in your alphabet, okay? So I, that they're just dreaming. I don't mind that these folks believe in evolution. I don't care what they believe in. I do care that they want to teach that to all the kids and want me to pay for it. Now, that I care about. Well, Aaron, like it says at the top of the chat, if you have some questions, feel free to ask them. If they're rude, though, I'm not sure. going to put it out there on the screen uh, to be annoying. So just uh, keep it chill, and we're good to go. All right. All right. Let's see. I'm looking at some of the video you've done recently. You've got one called Evolution Debate is All Life Related Through Common Ancestry. I watched some of that and I didn't feel as though he was in discussion with you. You were tearing him apart and staying on topic, but he was all over the place. Do you find that happening a lot where they can't seem to focus on the topic? I could not figure Kennedy out. The debate I did a few days ago, he was lost in space. Yeah. That's he was right. a philosopher. Yeah. Evolution is a religion. It's not, it's not even a good philosophy. It's just a religious belief. And you can believe whatever you want. But don't call it science. That's my whole point. All right. There's a million topics to debate and discuss. And I stick on creation evolution. Well, there is a, you put out a couple videos about heaven and all that. I was curious, how, what is your interpretation? How do you define what heaven may be like? <clears throat> the Bible talks quite a bit about heaven. It describes it in some detail, but I think in order to describe heaven to an earthling, it would be probably impossible. If I asked you to explain colors to a blind man, where would you start? We have five ways information gets into our head, our five senses, sight, touch, taste, hearing, smell. What if you're missing one of those? If you're missing sight, there's a lot of information you're not going to get. You can't get colors. You don't understand. Your eyes don't, don't work. And I don't think it's possible for us to understand heaven. I do think one second after we get there, we're going to say, oh, 
Now I get it. You ever had one of those problems when you're in school, you don't get it, and all of a sudden, oh, now I get it. I think it's going to come to us all at once, like, oh, uh, when we see him, we shall be like him. So I had to wait and see. Paul died, I think he died outside the city of Lystra. He was stoned to death, went to heaven, my belief, and came back down, got in his body. And for the rest of his life, he was anxious to die. He told his followers, for me to, you know, to die is far better. To remain in the flesh is needful for you, but I'd much rather die and go to heaven. And when the Romans would threaten him, we're going to kill you, Paul. Really? Go, 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 do it. You know, he couldn't wait to go back. So I think uh, whatever God's got for us, <coughs> we'll have to <coughs> wait and see, but it sure looks, uh, I'm ready for it. I noticed a video here where you say mechanic wanted. Did you uh, have any luck in that? Well, Laszlo was our mechanic for three years, did an amazing job. He's phenomenal. He trained my son, Isaiah, who's almost 18, and he became really interested in mechanic work and good at it. But, you know, at age 17 or 18, how much do you know? And he's doing a fabulous job. However, Laszlo got a much better paying job. And so, yes, we need a mechanic. We want one that loves the Lord. I don't want one I have to babysit. And I don't want one I have to watch out for. They're going to sneak around and smoke or drink or take drugs. Sorry, we don't want you. If you've got a good, clean record and you're, you love the Lord and you want to help in a Christian ministry, always something breaking around here. We have seven side-by-sides, <coughs> one running for today. All six are something's wrong. One needs a starter motor. One needs a high-speed muffler bearing. The other one needs a wobbler shaft and Knuton valve and all that kind of stuff. So always something going wrong. We give, we give tours all the time. We've had 252 baptized, and it's just a blast here. We just want to serve the Lord. So, yes, answer it. We're still looking for a good mechanic. <coughs> well, people out there that are listening, if you uh, have any mechanical abilities, uh, Mr. Uh, Dr. Kentoven does have his number in the description of this video. Call him up if you're a good mechanic. Heck, yeah. 855-BIG-DINO, uh, extension 3. That's me. I don't have my phone with me now, but call later. So I've uh, I, I've got an interesting question. It's definitely different than the whole evolution debate. But how do you feel about this political correctness, these pronouns where people are saying do the his, her, they, them kind of stuff? What's your thoughts on that? That is so stupid. Um, got to be politically correct. Why don't you be biologically correct? Somebody says, I identify as a woman. I identify as a man. What? Well, pull down your pants. We can tell you in two seconds which one you are. The doctor did that within seconds after you're born. I bet they put a check on your birth certificate, male or female. Do you know of another one? This is so dumb. <laughs> it's mind-boggling. Can't figure it out. Okay. <laughs> How do you feel about these, uh, these male athletes that end up getting into women's sports? I mean, I've I seen something where they were in like a the ultimate fighting championship where men were getting in there and pounding the, the heck out of the women. Uh, what is going on with our world, Kent? It's no different than it's been all through history. People rebel against God. They don't like God telling them what to do. They want to tell God what to do. They want to be God. That's what Satan promised to Eve in the garden. Eve, you eat off that tree, you get to God. She fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. And God said, Eve, your punishment is, or first, snake, your punishment is you got to crawl on your belly. Of course, if you're already crawling on your belly, that's not a punishment. So he must have had legs or wings or both, okay? Then uh, 
He said, Eve, because you did this, now you're going to have pain in childbearing, and Adam's the boss of the family. That's your curse. Adam, because you did this, you got to work for a living. And ever since then, people have tried to get other people to do the work for them. That's what all theft is about. You work hard, you buy something, and they'll come steal it. That's what, most of human problems are because of that. Some people want popularity. They want a big YouTube channel. So they can't get like I've got, so they go try to destroy mine instead. They think they've accomplished something. You know? <laughs> okay, go build your own. You don't like the way we run Dinosaur Adventureland? Well, go build one next door. So, Kent, I, I've got a question for you. You had mentioned that Eve, uh, one of the uh, punishments, basically, for her was to feel pain and childbearing. Do you believe that Adam and Eve had a different physical form before they disobeyed God in the garden? No, no. I think just the, the pain being added in childbearing, well, I don't know how that would happen physically, what exactly happened biologically, but no, they had the same anatomy. And I think most women would enjoy not having a period every month. And I think probably before the flood, it was once every hundred years, just as a rough idea. Most women would like that. So would the men. So that's just one option is maybe <clears throat> God, he said, I will increase, greatly increase your, the fertility, the ability to have babies. So that may be what happened. We do know that the Bible teaches before the flood came, the people lived to be 900. And the first date we have to go on really is Adam having uh, Adam and Eve having Seth at 130. I got a timeline here about that somewhere uh, taped up down here. So before the flood came, they're living to be 900 and they were 130 when Seth was born. Now, before that, they had Cain and Abel, but no dates are given. And they got old enough where Cain killed Abel. Let's say they're in their 20s, just as a guess. So Adam and Eve might have lived 100 years in the garden without sin. I think Satan got jealous of their fellowship with God, said, wow, I want what they've got. I want to be God. So he came to Eve and said, if you do what I say, you can become God. He lied to her, and she fell for it. He didn't fall for it, but he loved his wife. The Bible says in 1 Timothy that at deceived. He knew full well, if I don't eat some of that fruit or whatever it was, God's going to have to punish her. I'm going to become sin to save my wife. Unless Christ became sin to save us, the bride of Christ. There's a great picture there. But there's, it would be a guess to say they, they could have been in the garden 100 years. They sinned, got kicked out. After they're out, they had Cain and Abel. No dates are given. They might have been twins. <clears throat> and Cain killed Abel. Then Cain took off and with his wife had to marry a sister. So they had another child in there somewhere. Uh, people say, married sisters? Adam married his rib. Mm -hmm. It was not a problem in the early, early part of the world, okay? So this was not, not a problem. Now it's a problem if you marry closer than a first cousin, unless you live in West Virginia or someplace like that. So I'm just kidding, okay? Or is it Tennessee? No, you're... Okay. <laughs> so I think, that, I think the pain in childbearing was greatly increased uh, after. Now, some animals today have babies without much pain. Mm. Ants can lay a, a thousand eggs a day, the female ant, for years from one mating experience. That's pretty cool. Atheist, please answer how that happened. Go ahead, brother. What's next? Oh, Aaron, he says, Brett, you're not forwarding any of our questions. Well, the last thing you said, Aaron, is that you're in uh, mechanic work. That, that was more of a uh, you saying that and. Plus, your every question you guys are asking is right there on the screen for everybody. 
everybody see, so I didn't feel like I was ignored. But we do have someone here who does come right out, and uh, what's his name, Trez or something like that. He says, what is, yeah, Trez the Lion says, what is a kind? Well, the Bible says they're able to bring forth. So if they can bring forth, i.e. children, they're the same kind. Now, that line might get a little blurred, but see, the atheists don't have a good answer what's a species. How we classify the animals into kingdom, island, class, order, family, genus, species, I think the animals care at all what we call them. If you turned all the animals in the zoo loose into the forest, turn them all loose, the zebras would hunt out another zebra to mate with. They would not hunt out a turtle or a cow. They know their own kind. Now, the atheists might not be smart enough to know, but the animals know. We have birds flying all over our property here. We have the yellow hammer, like a sparrow, but it's yellow, the Alabama state bird. If you, the yellow hammers only look for other yellow hammers to mate with. They don't look for the crows or the ravens or the ducks. Not interested. So we may not always be able to tell exactly what a kind is. Doesn't matter. They know. And really, since I'm not asking my theory to religion to be taught in public school to prove anything, they have to prove that the evolution theory is true. They have pictures in the textbooks, and the kid has to learn this, that the protozoa slowly turned to a mammal or human, a biology teacher. Oh, well, so far, nobody's ever seen a protozoa produce a non-protozoa. You can believe that if you wish, but it's not science. So whenever they start going down that rabbit trail of what's a kind, you, not always, but usually that person believes in evolution and wants to get the attention off of their religion and put it onto yours. They don't want to admit nobody ever seen any animal produce what anybody a different kind. Where, just give me an example of any animal producing an animal or plant producing a plant that's a different kind. Or different, now different species, sure. We've decided to classify and make, you know, a lineage classification system. The plants don't care how we classify them. There are 7,171 varieties of frogs. Might have had a common ancestor called a frog. But scientists have decided to classify them into 7,000 different species of frogs. Okay, still the same kind of animal, that's for sure, you know, frog. Can they all interbreed? Probably not. Maybe God made 50 or 100 or 2,000 varieties of frogs in the creation. I don't know. We'll find out when we get to heaven. And you atheists that get all hung up over this, we'll try to get the message down to you wherever you are at that time of how it happened. Meanwhile, I believe I've seen it. countless. I've seen countless debates with you, Kent, where whenever you're drilling on the non-believer and throwing out the facts, uh, some of them have actually got to the point where they intellectually got honest and said, "Well, evolution is not observable." You actually got them to admit that uh, in the debates. Yep, it's not. It's a religious belief, and you're welcome to it. But don't call it science, and don't make everybody pay to have your religion taught in the schools. All the evolutionists should go start a private school and teach evolution to whoever wants to pay it, pay for it, and come learn it. There should be no federal funding, no state funding, funding, no public funding to teach evolution. It's nothing but a religion. I hear you there. So if you don't mind me asking, um, I, I've been talking to a lot of Muslims recently, and I noticed that they're obsessed with the Trinity. They seem to have an issue with this. What would you say to some of the folks out here, mainly a, a guy called Dawa, who's been running the room? What's your thoughts mm -hmm. on that? Well, I don't think it's possible for the human brain to understand things like God. 
there are some, some concepts that try to get around the edges, and maybe we can start to try to understand a little bit. But there are lots of trinities in the world. Space. Space has length, width, and height. Three dimensions, three parts to it. Is it possible to have two-dimensional space? No. I taught geometry for years. They have plane geometry and solid geometry. I understand both really well. If you draw a circle on paper and say this is a circle, it's two-dimensional. Well, technically, you now have the thickness of your pencil on the paper. It's now technically a cylinder. There's really no such thing as a circle. It's imaginary. It's a great concept. We use it all the time, and it's necessary to learn. But really, it doesn't exist, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Two-dimensional space does not exist. If you have one dimension, you have all three, length, width, height. There's no way around that. Uh, time is three-dimensional, past, present, future. It's not possible to have just one. We're stuck, what we consider a timeline, you know, past, present, future. We're stuck in 2022. There have been many times I've wished I could go back just five seconds to undo the dumb thing I just did. But can't go back. We're stuck on this timeline. God's not on our timeline. If God is outside of time, he can see all of time at the same time. He can right now be standing at your funeral. And right now watching Abe Lincoln get assassinated. He can see it all. He's not in We're stuck in time, not God. So time is a trinity. I don't think the human brain can wrap completely around that. But space is a trinity. Matter comes in three dimensions, solid, liquid, gas. You can take the same substance, water, heat it up, it turns to steam, cool it down, it turns to ice. It's the same substance, solid, liquid, gas. We have a trinity of trinities found in the first 10 words in the Bible. In the beginning, there's time. God created the heaven, there's space, and the earth, matter. Time, space, matter. There's another trinity. If you had matter but no space, where would you put it? If you had matter and space but no time, when would you put it? You can't have those independently. You have to have time, space, matter come into existence at the same instant. And God who created them is outside of all of them. We are constantly trying to put our limitations on God. Well, it must have, God, must have taken God a while to figure that out. God instantly figured out everything, had it created. He made the grasshoppers, the elephants with their digestive system, circulatory system in, in no time at all. And we today spend years trying to figure out the DNA code and the different systems of these animals. You can study biology the rest of your life and never scratch the surface of how it is. And God did it all in no time at all. I can get to heaven and see him. I want to go. Those are, excellent, those are excellent points. In order to be able to have the very definition of a universe, you have to have space, time, and matter. That's three um, necessary uh, elements that need to be required in order to have the one universe. So that's a good right. point. Well, there's one more. The human brain. You have one brain. You can think about things, but you can also think about what you're thinking about. Think about that. And your, your body, your brain is also doing subconscious things that you cannot think about. Your brain right now is regulating your body temperature and your heartbeat and your digestion and your healing. Can you decide, I'm going I'm to heat up my body by just thinking about it? No. I'm cold. Well, it's heated up. No, you can't do that. So your brain, you have the conscious, you have the, the moral part of your brain that's passing judgment on your thoughts. You say, oh, that was a bad thought or that was a good thought. So you're thinking about things, you're thinking about what you're thinking about, and you're doing things you're not thinking about. You have one brain or three? Well, you have one brain doing three different functions. 
These are analogies that maybe try to get around the edges of God. God described himself as a trinity. I don't understand it. I believe it, but I don't, I don't have to understand it. I'm trying. Meanwhile, I walk by faith. Lord, I believe you. God himself decided to come down to his creation, limit himself to time, space, and matter, and become a man. Allow them to crucify him. Our sins can be forgiven based on his blood. And now he went back to heaven. And when we get to go to heaven, we get to become like him. I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. It sounds kind of like my view of a computer in a car. If you asked me what a computer is, I could tell you a bit about it. But if you ask me what's going on inside, that's where it gets messy. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. I agree, brother. I was born too late uh, or too early. I don't, I don't. That's why I hire guys like Randy. Do the check work for me, bud. Get it. Just push the button. Make it work. I don't want to. I don't want to hear about the labor pains. Show me the baby. Make it work. Okay. So I notice, I notice in a lot of the presentations you do at the evolutionary tree that they claim exists, I always notice whether I'm looking at the presentation or visiting a science site, it's always cartoons or animations, never actually any like uh, real things that I can look at. What do you think this says? Because it is pure imagination. They draw a line on paper between the reptile and the bird. And because they have a line drawn on paper, that becomes their evidence. This is all it is. It's just plain stupid, okay? I debate these guys all the time. But these family trees they put in our textbook connecting the humans and the seaweed. Oh, yeah, that's proof, boys and girls. All we've ever seen is humans produce baby humans. You know of an example otherwise? I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it happen now. Doesn't happen. So, <clears throat> But again, if kids are taught this from kindergarten on, they're going to believe it. Kids raised in communist countries believe communism's good. It's all they've ever seen. It's all they've ever heard. It's silly. Crazy. If you had three major wishes that you could be given, just anything that you want besides saying, I want a million more wishes, what are the three major wishes that you would like to see happen in this world? Hmm, in the whole world. Well, I wish everybody would uh, come to know the Lord as their personal Savior and trust Him and try to live for Him. That would solve a lot of world problems. Even in Jesus' own disciples, He had a few problems with fighting over dumb stuff, you know. But it's interesting, Jesus had Matthew the tax collector, who worked for the Romans, and Simon the zealot. Well, the zealots were the anti-Roman, go blow up the bridge kind of guys. And Jesus put them, I bet He sent those two together out soul winning. Political opposites. But you know, they had a common desire to serve Jesus. And it brought them together. They were all in one accord, one crowded Honda, but they all got in there, all 12 of them. And they, <clears throat> actually 120 of them by that time. So I think if everybody would give their heart to the Lord and truly want to serve him. There are people out there, you got one commenting a minute ago, used to work at our ministry, absolutely hates us for no good reason. He can't build anything on his own. So his whole goal in life is, to, well, go build, go build your own. Leave me alone. No, can't do that. Gotta, they devote their life to tearing down something somebody else has done rather than build their own. If you don't like it, do it better. Show me how it's done. Go someplace, build a better one. So I think if, if people who claim they know Jesus Christ would really try to live for him and read his book and say, wow, that's what God wants me to do. Okay, the world would be a much better place. Read the book, do what it says. Well, we got two more questions out here, but I wanted to give advice to some folks out there. If you come upon a YouTube video that you do not like, 
there's a magic way to make that completely disappear out of existence. You take your mouse, you go all the way to the top right-hand corner, hit the X, and you don't ever have to see it anymore. You don't, right. don't have to keep coming back and telling someone you hate their guts, man, or woman, or whoever's hating out there. So we've got two questions that Aaron has for you, and they look like uh, valid questions. Question, question one is, let us make man in our image. Is God Almighty speaking to the Trinity or the heavenly host? I think let us, it's always plural, is is probably the Trinity himself. At that time, see, the angels were made. Till day. We know the angels were created. They're not eternal. Only God is eternal. I don't think we understand what eternal is. <clears throat> but God is outside of time. <clears throat> God created time about 6,000 years ago. There was, no, there was nothing before that. So once upon a time, there was a time when there was no time. So God actually created time for us to live in. We're the ones stuck in time, not God. I asked the atheist, you say 13.772 billion years ago, there was a big bang. Well, what was there 13.773 billion years ago? They don't have an answer. Man, so, oh, falling apart behind me. Uh, so God created time, space, and matter. And God had to be, in Genesis 1.1, it's plural, let us make man. And in the Hebrew language, plural is three or more. In our language, plural is two or more. But Hebrew has three different tenses, singular, dual. Uh-oh, well, you look like we got a little bit of lag there. Are you still there, Kent? I may have to give it a moment. Oh, I think his uh, his system froze over there. <clears throat> Are you guys uh, seeing him still up there? Oop! Let me put this up here until he gets that fixed. What's going on? I'll ask him the next question in a moment. Okay, Aaron. As soon as he fixes whatever's happening over there. Well, Aaron, I hope you realize that some things that that are on the screen, I'm not seeing them. I don't know why that is, but I do see the latest two questions you ask. Well, hopefully Kent can get that worked out. Okay. He'll probably be back in just a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Just be patient. Probably having some internet lag. The winter's been terrible on the modems. It's rough. So how's everybody doing out there while we're uh, waiting for Kent to return? How's you guys' Christmas been? Type one if you can hear me, folks. <laughs> I want to make sure I didn't crash, too. Oh, goodness. Uh-oh. I don't know what is happening here. Let me check. My, uh, are you still able to hear me? Oh, it looks like we're having some internet issues. 
Hmm. Are you guys, Tom, are you able to hear me up here? Because Kent, he started having some lag. Can you guys hear me? Frozen screen, he says. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. All right. Good. I'm just making sure. I think that Kent's system crashed over there. He'll be back momentarily. Well, you guys got any questions for me while we're waiting for Kent to return? All right. Hey, Nathan Millwater. I guess it's kind of delayed on you guys then taking a moment for it to catch up for you. Sure, Kent will be in just a second. Let's see what we got here. Our app is out of data. Oh, boy. Let me see. Oh, look, he has returned. Good, 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 good. All Let's right. Let's put him yeah. back up on the big screen. You yeah, guys having trouble with the winner? Oh, what was that? Are you guys having trouble because of the winner? Well, no, we're just, we used up all our data. What so do whatever you do that means. Whatever that happens. I, I call, I call, I call Randy. Say, fix it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, the last question that the person asked was, didn't believe dinosaur bones are dead offspring of behemoth and leviathan. I do very much. Uh, my video number three of my video series, which is here someplace, I cover where dinosaurs fit into the Bible. The word dinosaur was not made up till 1841. So before that, they called them dragons or behemoth or leviathan. In the book of Job, in the center of the Bible, Job chapter 40 and 41 are describing behemoth and leviathan. I think if you just read it with an open mind, you'll say, this guy's talking about a dinosaur. Two different ones. I think probably the behemoth is the brachiosaur, the tallest, biggest one ever made. And then leviathan is probably something like a T-Rex. And he was able to breathe fire. So it says he could breathe, leviathan could breathe fire. I believe it's true. Couldn't prove that. And again, I'm not ask, asking for that to be taught at taxpayer expense. But So I cover a whole videotape number three on Leviathan, the fire-breathing dragon. is on video number three about dinosaurs. You go to drdino.com, our website, D-R-D-I-N-O. You can order my videos off of there. You can watch most of them right online. The fire-breathing dragon or behemoth. Uh, I think that's probably the brachiosaur. Ho Hovind opinion. Okay. Would atheists even bother the ones who go along with evolution? How could they even argue against us since they already they believe that dinosaurs turned into bird-like creatures anyway? So how could they even uh, bring up an argument against what you just said? <clears throat> In their brain, a dinosaur can turn to a bird, which is so stupid. I mean, <laughs> I can't think of. What could be dumber? Well, everything coming from a rock would be dumb, but nah. so many things about the evolution theory are just idiotic, but they believe it. So, okay, so <clears throat> I believe the Bible teaches God made everything in six days. Everything. Everything. 
The Bible teaches Matthew 19, 4, Mark 10, 6, nothing died till man sinned, and Romans 5, and Adam was the first man. That's what the Bible says. So the Bible's very clear, whether you believe it or not is a different story, but the Bible's clear. Everything was made in six days. That would include dinosaurs. Nothing died until man sinned. So you can't say dinosaurs lived before man. They had to live with Adam and Eve. What they called them would be different with different languages and different areas. Typically dragons. Dragons are mentioned in the Bible a bunch of times. <clears throat> or Leviathan or the behemoth. If you, says, if you read about behemoth in Job 40, it says he's the biggest animal God ever made. Well, as far as we know, that's the Brachiosaurus, unless they find a bigger one. Uh, you know, I think uh, 40 or 50 feet tall to the top of the head, five-story building, pretty good size, probably 100 tons, uh, <clears throat> pretty good size. So, yeah, I think that's to answer the question. Yes, I believe that they're talking about two dinosaurs there. Don't you find it odd that they will mock the resurrection of Lazarus or Jesus Christ, yet they believe that billions of sentient life forms came into existence from nothingness? I mean, if they can't handle one resurrection, but they can say that life came out of dead things. I mean, by definition, a rock is not alive. Therefore, uh, it could be defined as a form of dead, right? Well, it was never alive, so it couldn't be dead. A rock. But Aaron Nelson calls himself Aaron Ra, the sun god, did a whole series against me, which I'm going to be doing on my Wednesday night, Whackin' Atheist, last Wednesday and again tonight, tomorrow night. He said, nobody ever says we came from a rock. So I go through all the internet and all the textbooks and show thousands of times they say the rain, the rain, it rained on the rocks for millions of years and turned them into soup and the soup came alive. That's exactly what they believe. They believe they came from a rock. I don't understand how any atheist or evolutionist can drive on the highway. That's their grandparents, for heaven's sake. Show some respect, man. But they just drive right over them. I don't understand it. But yeah, they do believe they're from a rock, and they believe the rock came from nothing. A dot of nothing exploded. Got to be the dumbest religion ever. See, <laughs> okay. that's one of the things I don't get, too. You, as well as Matt Powell, you've shown sources after sources after sources. And if one was so inclined and understood how Google works, they'd be able to find this in less than five seconds. What seems right. to be the problem? Do you think that they're just so doped up they just they can't find it on their own anymore? The apps and the phone? What what's going on here? They don't want to believe. The Bible says in Second Peter chapter three, the scoffers in the land would be willingly ignorant. There are none so blind as those who will not see. You couldn't show them. They're willingly ignorant. The Second Peter three says, <clears throat> willingly ignorant of the creation. And how God made the heavens, plural, there's three heavens. We cover that on video number two. What was the original creation like? The water was under the crust of the earth and over the atmosphere. Today, there are huge oceans on the earth. 70% of the world's underwater. It's not the way God made it. The Bible says God created it to be inhabited. Today, only 3% of the earth is habitable. So something happened called the flood. And so the Bible says in 2 Peter 3, the scoffers are ignorant of the flood and the upcoming judgment. We cover all that in my video series. So, yeah, they, they don't want, it wouldn't I've, matter what you showed them. They don't want to believe it. I've had atheists repeatedly ask me, they say, how is it possible that all this water could get on the earth? And I said, even scientists say that right below our feet, there's enough water to fill the oceans three or four times over. 
You got some more questions here. Uh, Aaron wants to know if you've ever heard or seen someone's content by the name of David Carrico, C-A-R-R-I-C-O. And uh, he's got one other question. And does, do you reject the book of Enoch or accept it as scripture? Uh, as far as David Carrico, I, the name rings a bell with me, but I don't recall if I've seen his stuff or not. I don't know. What's he believe? There are a lot of people out there in the world. I don't know them all. Um, <clears throat> so I'd have to see what he's first. There's a lot of people. I agree with them on many things and disagree on many things. I could agree atheists that in America we should drive on the right side of the road. I can agree on that. That's probably about the last thing to agree on, but at least we got some. <clears throat> as far as the book of Enoch, actually, there's three books of Enoch. I got them right here. Uh, <clears throat> Enoch uh, is a very interesting book. All three of them are interesting. I think they're scripture. I think they're ancient writings. People have lots of books that are not scripture. I've written 67 books in my lifetime, and not, I don't claim they're scripture. I want them to be loyal to the scripture, but I, could, I don't claim they're scripture. So Enoch is an interesting historical book. It's referred to in the book of Jude but it should not be part of our Bible, okay? All right, I have an interesting question for you. I've seen uh, many, many uh, times Christians have went back and forth on this, but I'd love to hear your opinion. What is your thoughts on Judas? Do you believe he was doing the will of God, or is he actually condemned for a betrayal? Oh, that's a tough one. Jesus knew his spirit and his heart, he chose him to be a disciple. God's not willing that any should perish. He didn't want him to do what he did, but he knew he would. And I think he him knowing he would do that deed because God needed to be killed for our sins. And so that's, I don't, the Bible says Judas went to a place. Now there's a strange scripture. Um, is there a special place in hell for him? I don't think he was ever saved. I think he followed the Lord and was never really converted. I think a lot of people today think they're really saved and have never been born again. Never have. Uh, I'm going to try to find the slide. I have I got 50,000 slides, but about the one about the canopy above to answer the previous question. That's on video number two. So go ahead. So that's my answer on well, Enoch. And uh, go ahead. Well, uh, Kent, you brought up a, a word that I've seen many, many times biblically: the word "perish." I've noticed whenever I look it up, uh, look up the definition of it, it means to ruin or destroy. Whenever whenever you see these uh, passages where Jesus says he doesn't wish for anyone to perish, do you take it as he's talking about the destruction? The reason why I ask this is um, I'm sure you're familiar with the verse where it says, don't fear he who can destroy the body, but he who can destroy the body and the soul. Is Jesus basically saying that the soul can be destroyed, or is it actually an eternal torment? This becomes another topic that Christians, theologians, split over into 20 different categories. Uh, um, I believe it appears the obvious body is, it can perish, sort of. It can turn back to molecules, but can the molecules be destroyed? Could God resurrect all the molecules from Adam and put them back together and make Adam and take his body to heaven? Sure, no problem. Uh, the fact that someone is burned at the stake and their ashes are scattered all over the place. Well, could you get them all together? And Probably, I couldn't, but, you know, could. So I think that's a tough question. I don't know that anybody's got a... Everyone claim they have an answer, but I think you'll find there are 20 different answers and they all disagree and they all think they're right. They all think everybody else is wrong. I'll have to give that one a big I don't know for sure yet. Leave that in God's hands, okay? 
Well, Kent, I've been looking into a position called annihilationism, and I've been finding that people have great arguments on both sides of it. So I just right. wanted to hear your opinion. I, I really um, value your opinion and views on things, so I just had to ask. Well, Jehovah's Witnesses that the soul uh, is annihilated. It just stops. That's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus told the story, and it's not a parable, a real story of the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, rich man went to hell, and he was tormented in the flame. He could still see. He could still talk. He could still feel. He could still remember. That's going to be a great curse in hell, just being able to remember that you could have been saved. That's going to be. So Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest good things and Lazarus evil things. So I think the Bible clearly, pretty clearly teaches that hell is eternal. Now, well, hell is, is the temporary holding place until the judgment. As death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is actually the permanent place. It's like if he commits a crime today, <clears throat> the police pick him up, put him in jail until the trial. After trial, they go to prison. Jail is for short-term holding, typically less than a year. After trial, they go to prison, which is for long-term, sometimes life uh, incarceration. So that's the difference between going to hell is temporary until the judgment, and then they would go to the lake of fire, which is, seems to be the permanent place. And I cover that in my video series and in my book, What on Earth is About to Happen, for heaven's sake. You get my little trend bucks on drdino.com, where I cover all, oh, get a square there, all these things, including what the Bible says in Daniel and Matthew, Mark, and Luke about the future. What's going to happen next? It's all spelled out. It's not looking good for the next couple of years. Okay, all right, got another question for you here from the audience. I'll put it up on the screen. I'll read it for you in case you're having a difficult time seeing these small words on here. Kent, do you believe the soul has a physical aspect to it? If not, why can people' mental capacity or intelligence be affected poorly by things like lead poisoning, the soul is responsible for the mind. Does that make sense to you, his question? It does. Uh, I don't know that anybody's got a solid answer to that. Certainly our, our spirit that lives within us, we seem to have a body, soul, and spirit, and they seem to be different, okay? You think the, the soul and spirit have to live in the body. If the body dies, they got to go somewhere else. And according to the Bible, it's heaven or hell. Uh, so the soul and spirit, and what's the difference? Uh, that's a big argument theologians have, too, the, defining the soul and spirit. But um, I believe the soul, I don't think it has a physical aspect. I don't think it weighs anything. How much does a thought weigh? If you're thinking a lot, do you gain weight? No. So I know some people, they will affect them either way because they're not thinking at all. But um, So, yeah, I think the soul does not have a physical aspect to it. It's like a thought. Is a thought. Is sight. I can sit here and look at the tree out there. Does the vision between me and the tree, does that weigh anything? No. Is it a physical construct? Well, it's light waves going through the atmosphere, but there's a lot of things. That, gravity, what's gravity weigh? Give me a jar of gravity. Paint it red. Nobody knows what it is. <laughs> it weighs. So I think, there's, I think we are limit, we're very limited in our understanding of quite a few things in science. What is a soul? What's a spirit? I have to leave that. Just trust the Lord. There's a lot of verses about it. I've read them all hundreds of times. After I got all done studying, I said, I don't know. We'll wait and see. Okay? 
All right, I got a question about two different figures that I've heard mentioned off and on throughout the years. <clears throat> I was watching this thing on uh, NBC. I, I don't usually like to watch the news anymore because it's so negative and it depresses me, but they mentioned that there's uh, Bible scholars have been uh, debating that God may have actually had a companion called Asherah. Have you ever heard of this before? A wife is what they say. I have heard that. I don't believe it for a second. I think the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, and that's how God chose to reveal himself to us. Uh, it's like, again, like trying to explain colors to a blind man. I don't think it's possible. But no, I don't believe that, th that theory at all. There's certainly no scripture about that. Okay, the other character, the other figure that uh, I've heard mentioned quite a bit is Lilith. Have you heard of this? Uh, it's the supposedly... same concept. Yeah, the wife of God. I don't believe that for a second. All right, we got uh, Aaron. He's got a question out here. Tom Walden says, Brad, I think the soul is eternal forever. Aaron says, question for Kent. How do I explain to atheists and agnostics what a soul is? I believe the soul is breath from passages in Genesis and Exodus. He wants to basically know how he can better incorporate the idea of what a soul is to the non-believer. I don't think I have a good answer. The Bible says God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Man became a living soul. Does that mean the breath is the soul or the breath was the starter motor to get it going. Uh, to me, it's, it's still way beyond human comprehension. If we could understand everything about God, he wouldn't be worth worshiping, that's for sure. So I don't think God's breath was the soul, but he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I don't think there's a lot more scripture to, to build a doctrine on. So <clears throat> that would be one of those biblical doctrines that there are not enough verses, I don't think, to be dogmatic. Some people want to be dogmatic on everything. No, I don't think we understand near as much as we think we do. Okay? I guess I'll throw out an odd question. If God, and this is a hypothetical, obviously God would never do this, but if God disconnected himself from all life on earth, like he just simply decided to go to a different realm, build a completely different universe, and leave us to our own invention, how long would we last before we die? Or would we be able to exist simply with the essence that remains? Hmm. I, no, I don't think there's a way to answer that one either, but I would. my first thought would be not very long. Now, I'm glad God, God does not give us what we deserve. Like the two guys at the altar, preacher and the deacon were praying at the altar, Pretty soon the preacher stood up, went running out the back of the church. One of his friends said, preacher, where are you going? He said, I got to get out of here. He said, why? He said, I was praying down there with the deacon. Yeah. He said, that deacon was praying. Lord, give me what I deserve. The preacher said, I don't want to be close when that happens. <laughs> so I don't want what I deserve. I want his mercy, not his judgment, man. So. I'd have to bypass on that one again, brother. Good questions. I don't think anybody's got an answer to that one. I sure don't. You're right. It's a, it is a hypothetical. I've made sure to put forth that. Now, if there's anybody out there that's got any more questions, feel free to do it. But I want to, Kent, you've been answering all these questions. Is there anything that you would like to talk about, something that's been on your mind or important to you that you feel you want to share or, or discuss? 
or do you have questions for people? Oh, brother, I have a million things, million questions in life. I've been saved 53 years now, 54 coming up February 9th. I have always wondered, why does God love us? I, if I was God, I'd have killed everybody a long time ago. Just cancel the whole experiment. <laughs> but for some reason, and wants us to come join him in heaven. I don't understand that. I sure don't deserve it. See, there's basically only two religions in the world, Cain and Abel. Cain brought his, what I did for you. You better accept me because of what I did. Most religions in the world today are doing the same thing. They think God don't accept them because they went to church or got baptized or catechized or homogenized or circumcised or something. They think God's going to accept them because of their works. That's Cain. Abel brought a sacrifice. Lord, I don't understand, but you said my sin requires a blood sacrifice. Here it is. See, I have a blood sacrifice to pay for my sins. God himself, his blood paid for my sins. So I'm forgiven and I'm his child and I'm going to heaven, but I really still don't know why, because I sure don't deserve it. It's by grace. Only reason. I'd like to know, God, why do you love us at all? I don't understand that. But I'm glad he does. I'm real glad he does. Okay, but I don't understand it. All right. Any more, brother? Well, sure. What is your opinion on why? Uh, I've heard a lot of Christians say that God doesn't need anything from us because he's all powerful. He has all these things. What's your opinion on why he even got into the creation business in the first place? That goes back to why does he love us? Why did he make us? He knew we were going to mess up, you know. I guess, I don't know. Some people like to do artwork, you know, why? They can look at it when they're done and say, wow, that, you know, why do people build houses and cars and build cities? And so, uh, I don't know. God, God decided to make a man, made him in his image. He messed up. God said, I'll redeem you, buy you back to myself. I love you. I want you to come to heaven with me. I don't think God needs our fellowship. I don't think he needs anything, but he wants us. That's great. That's one of the things I love about you, Kent. If you know things or you know something, you try your best to educate folks. And if you're not something, you just say, I don't know. Some people, they feel like they got to push their <laughs> ego and their pride and, and just make things up on the fly and stuff. But you've always been intellectually honest that way, and I appreciate it. It's one of the reasons I value your opinion. We got another question from Aaron out of here. He says, uh, uh, for Kent, when God created us in his image, was that mutually exclusive to physical appearance or did we inherit his emotions too? Good question. I don't know. Uh, I think we're in the moral image of God. I think most people know right from wrong. Does a monkey know that? Does a tree know that? Uh, I think man is the only one that seems to have a moral consciousness. Uh-oh, looks like you froze up again. The data got mined again. No. <laughs> they sear their conscience. There's, a, there's a, a feeling of, man, this is wrong. How do we get this feeling? How did the atheists explain? Where did the idea? I've asked atheists question hundreds of times. How do you tell right from wrong? Is it wrong for the lion to eat the baby zebra? Is it wrong for you to kill somebody and steal all their stuff? And why, do you, why would that be wrong if evolution is true? Why would that be wrong? They don't have an answer. They don't have a standard to go by. See, we have a book, Thus Saith the Lord. 
I can tell right from wrong because this is what God who made me said was right and wrong. They don't have that. So the atheists don't have any more. Was it wrong for Hitler to do what he did? Hitler didn't think so. His people didn't think so. They thought it was great. We're going to kill these inferiors. He was trying to advance the evolution of, of man. He had a list he was going on. Who's the most inferior? Let's take the superior humans, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Norwegians and Germans, and kill off everybody else. He was trying to advance evolution. Hitler was. He believed in it very strongly. Was it wrong? And if it was wrong, was it wrong? Where's your standard? We have things we measure things with. You know, rulers to measure length and scales to measure weight. Where's the standard for measuring right and wrong if evolution is true? They don't have a ruler. They don't have a standard at all. They don't like to admit that. And when you ask them that question, I promise you, they will divert. Oh, look at the squirrel. They'll go to a different topic every time. They don't know how to tell right from wrong. It Hitler seems was not to a me, Christian. He was Catholic. It seems to me that if, if they <laughs> throw God out, with the baby with the bathwater on this, and the only two things they can try to go for is nature or society. But most of the systems in our world are broke. We all know this. We know our systems are broke. So if they're getting it from that, their morals and ethics are broke. If they're getting it from nature, well, nature is one of the most cruelest things on the planet. Can't really get much good out of that except for some of the beauty that comes out of it. We got some more questions here. Are, are you feeling okay? You got you some water over there? Sure. You got people I, who uh, brother, love answering Brett, stuff. I, I love these. I used to do two or three programs every day. I love it. I want to get the message out. I love the Lord. I want to serve him. I want to spread the gospel. So if you know anybody that has a talk show, atheist, Christian, uh, doesn't matter. I'd like to come on, share the creation message. I've linked God made made everything six days ago, years ago, 6,000 years in six days, okay? I believe the Bible is absolutely true, and I'll do that against anybody. But, yeah, I love these, so thank you for having me on, Brett. Appreciate it. Well, I've been on too many atheist programs. I've been on their territory and turf. They fight unfair, very, they like the mute button. They like to turn down the volume. I don't know if you should go in on their territory. I know you've been there, you've done that, but I'm just saying after my experiences, I'll probably never go on their turf again. Let's see what we got. Here's a question. Does God have a plan for what happens after? I mean, the story isn't going to end. That's the question from Break C, and then I'll uh, throw some more questions up by others. Well, the only clue I have is what the Bible says. Uh, the angel came and said, there shall be time no longer. That's the only verse I know of on that topic. So apparently, after we get to heaven and the judgment's done and all that stuff is over the thousand years, then he's going to stop time. And we get to become eternal, which I don't think it's possible to fit that in the human brain. But that's what it says. There shall be time no longer. Like I said, there, I'm stuck in time. There will be seven in a couple of weeks. There are many times I've wished I could go back just 10 seconds to undo what I just did. Billy, you ever had that thought? Like, wow, I should have done that. <laughs> Only about a million times there, Kent. Only about a million times for me. <laughs> Oh, he oh, it looks like he froze. Oh, goodness. Are you guys still able to hear me out there? I don't know if we asked or if he's having internet issues. Let me, let's see if hopefully his uh, system will fix over there. God has okay. things planned for us. Are we on again? Okay. 
God has things planned for his children you can't even think about. Go ahead. Sorry, you froze up for a moment there, but I did hear the last part of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Luckily, whenever you froze, you had a big smile on your face. It was a nice portrait. Nice portrait. Okay, so here's the next question. Is it a sin for a... This is from Victoria Sayers. Is it a sin for a woman that is physically female but genetically male to transition into a male or a man that is physically male but genetically female to transition into a female hermaphrodites? Oof, that was a big one. Uh, that's not my field of expertise, but uh, I, I don't think it's possible. I think there are people who mentally wish they were something else. Um, but I, I think it's pretty obvious the physical difference. I mean, if you don't know, ask your mother. She can tell you. Uh, it's, it's not complicated. So if they say they're physically female, or uh, I just I think this has all been, well, who knows how much of this has been pro the you know, different drugs and vaccines and foods and stuff that might be affecting the mind. So I don't know. But uh, I think the Bible would teach that's that's wicked. And uh, and God designed you to be. He made them male and female. It's the only two. I hear you there, Kent. Victoria, my response would be: Whenever I was a young man, I used to think if I looked like Tom Selleck or Tom Cruise, my life would be better. But God taught me to value what I am and who I am and uh, how I am physically, and I've been doing much better since then. Let's see what the next question is. <laughs> Does Yahweh have an unchanging moral nature? Is it objective? According to Infant Relocation Service, that's a weird name. Well, Yahweh, uh, is Hebrew word just simply means God. Does God have a, what was the question again, a physical nature? Is that, I don't see the question on screen here, so. Here, let me put let me put it on the screen so it's a little bit easier okay. to see there. Yeah, God said, "I am the Lord; I change not." He He doesn't change. He He knows what He wants. He uh, and He doesn't change. He He made the place; it belongs to Him. If I build a house, I can make the rules for my house. Don't come in my house and take drugs. Don't come in my house and drink. I can make any rules I want for my house. God made the universe. He can make any rules he wants. If you want to live the way you want, go build your own universe. Do what you want. The next question is from Tom Walden. I'll put that up on the screen because I see to make it easier for you. Is our repentance for our sins part of salvation or is salvation just dependent on God's grace? Thanks. Great question. And there's a fine line in there. Like, Abel had to bring a lamb. The lamb didn't save him. He, his trust, his, actually his obedience, God said, when you sin, bring a lamb. Adam and Eve sinned and made clothes, uh, aprons out of fig leaves. God made coats out of skins. Two big differences there. Man's idea of modesty was an apron. God's idea is a coat. Okay, that's another long story. But God, they, they, from the very beginning, they realized, man, if you sin, there's the death sentence. Something has to die. Either you're going to die or get an innocent substitute to die for you. So Jesus Christ died for us. And so it's not the it's not the the it's not our repentance that saves us, but repentance is the step for God to give us his gift. It's like God's offering a gift, you gotta hold your hand out and take it. Is that a work? I don't think so. Okay. 
I'm receiving his free gift. Uh, here, they're not asking a question, but they're making a statement. They're saying Hitler was a Christian. My answer or response to that is you need to check out the journal of Hitler that is being sold on Amazon. He says that Christianity is a mental illness and needs to be destroyed, that it stops progress. And he was also uh, into evolution, by the way. What's uh, your thoughts on that? I'm sure you probably realize this already. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, what little training Hitler had, he was Catholic. And I would say Catholics are in the Cain category of the two religions, Cain and Abel. They're, Catholics are trying very hard with their works. They're going to get the same result Cain got. Ask a Catholic, are you going to heaven? And they'll say, I'm trying. Well, that automatically says, no, you're not going. Because you don't try to go to heaven. You receive the gift of God, eternal life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So Hitler, what little training he had was Catholic. He hated the scriptures. He hated the Jews, uh, God's people, and uh, he was certainly not a Christian, not the biblical kind of Christian. Okay. Victoria says, so no such thing as hermaphrodite? Okay, thank you for the reply. I don't think that's what you said, uh, Kent. Uh, I think that you may have froze up a little bit whenever you were responding to this person, but what what's your uh, idea on that? Well, I don't think, uh, I, I guess that's, again, not my field of expertise I go around preaching on, but I think there's, there's only male and female. Are there hermaphrodite frogs, ants, termites, birds, cows? No. The, the cows right away figure out if they're male or female. The bulls, you put them together in the pasture, they fight. They're not interested in each other. They don't want to mate with each other. They want to find a female. We got them up here in the pasture. You can come watch. So I think that I don't understand... If somebody claims they're hermaphrodite uh, and they have some physical features, I mean, it's possible to give an injection of estrogen to a man, he'd grow breasts, okay? Does that make him female? No. Makes him look weird, but he's just he's still male. I think what the person's trying to get at is, uh, I believe they're talking about things like she-males and people are born born with both a, a vagina as well as a penis. Well, there's also people who are born head coming out of their head and strange deformities and all that. That doesn't necessarily mean that's the way the human blueprint was meant to be. What's your opinion on that? Or was... <laughs> I am not aware. I'll have to do some research. Has anybody been born with both a vagina and a penis? I don't, I don't think so. If so, that would certainly be a mutation. And who would they marry? And would that be a beneficial mutation? Uh, I, if that's happened, I'm, I'm not, I'm not aware of that. Well, there, there then, is, there is such things as uh, she males people born with that, but usually one part doesn't work and the other part does. It's like it's it's there, but it doesn't function properly. Very very rare cases, like one in a million, would one of these people be able to use both. It's uh, it's unusual, but it definitely is what you said. It's a deformity. Just as if you, like the, the folks you see in some of the carnivals and circuses back in the day right. where they had deformities and all that. Doesn't mean that you're actually this or that because of it, though. Well, and is would it actually be a penis or would it be an enlarged clitoris? Is it able to actually, you know, eject sperm? Or is it just an enlarged part, you know, that I think I think maybe they're misunderstanding. They're calling it hermaphrodite. I'd, I'd have to see the proof of that. I don't. I don't believe that right now. 
It depends on the, like I was saying, only one part usually functions properly. Either it's going to be the penis or it's going to be the vagina or neither are going to work. Very rarely does any of this come into use and all that. But um, I I guess I don't get where the person's going. That's uh, that's medically obviously a, a, a deformity. And what good would that do? Doesn't do good at all. I figure one tool's enough for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy the way God made it, just the way it is. I like it just like that. Don't change nothing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Somebody asked a hypothetical out here. They say, "What if Jesus stayed on Earth? Would the Bible include the last two thousand years of history?" Oof, that's an unusual question. Well, what, during the thirty years or so he was here, there was plenty of violence going on. Jesus didn't come to change the Roman Empire. He changed, came to change hearts. And he did, he'd paid no attention to the Roman Empire. Just ignored them. They killed him. Oh, well. So you know, he had to live under their authority, but he wasn't there to change them. He was there to change people's hearts. So if he would have lived for the last 2,000 years, I don't know that he would have even tried to change history. People do what they want to do. His own disciples did, did some bad things, you know. Uh, so his job is to provide an example, tell us what he wants, and it's our job to decide if we want to do it or not. That's fair enough. I do have to ask Victoria, because I've actually talked to Victoria before. Victoria is uh, a man who is convinced that they are a female, and they have said that they're going to go to the doctor and find out from the doctors if their chromosomes are this or that. Has this been something you've actually dealt or even looked into, or do you just simply do this based upon your belief that you're a woman when you're biologically a man? Not to get too personal, but you brought up the question, so I'm just throwing it back at you. Aaron says, for Kent, archaeology has been unearthing and discovering very ancient sites that predate the scientific timeline of civilization beginning. Does add more proof to pre-flood scripture? Question mark. Well, I think most of archaeology today is based on the crazy idea that the layers are different ages which is completely insane. Just stop and think. They say the top layer is younger. Okay, where did it come from? Outer space? How can the layers be different ages? If I shake up my sand art toy, it makes a bunch of layers. Is the top layer younger? No. If you shuffle a deck of cards, is the top card younger? No. The flood of Noah would have shuffled all the layers and sorted things, and artifacts might be sorted in different layers based upon their density based upon a number of factors, turbidity, currency. There's a lot of things with automatic. One of the displays we give when we give our tour here, I've got a jar <clears throat> with sand, gravel, and clay in it, and water. I shake it up, set it down. You can watch it in seconds, settled out, gravel, sand, clay. Is the top layer younger? No. The water sorts things hydrologically. So I would say there is no such thing as a geologic column. It does not exist all over the world. Petrified trees are found standing up, connecting all the layers. How can the layers be different ages? The tree would have rotted. All the layers formed in one year by the tide going up and down. See, when Noah's in that ark, the earth is covered in water. The, the tide goes up and down every six hours, 12 and a half minutes. Well, if there's nothing to interrupt it, the tide would become harmonic, and harmonic tide on planet earth would go up and down about 200 feet. Okay, if the water came up 200 feet, 
Where's all the water coming from to fill that bump? Sideways. Moon's gravity is dragging water in from all sides. And one of the sides is dragging water in at the same speed the Earth is turning. Well, at the equator, the Earth is turning 1,036.6 miles an hour at mean sea level. So if the water's coming in outside at 1,037 miles an hour, it's going to do all kinds of sorting of the sediments. All the layers of the Earth formed in one big flood, which flood. So when they say archaeologists uncovered something that's older, I say, oh, stop right there. How are you telling these ages? I, I'd have to really question that. I think things are sorted based upon density, based upon a number of other factors. Animals are sorted based upon mobility. I mean, clams are found at the bottom because clams are already at the bottom. That's where they live. Petrified closed clams are found all over the world. Closed. There's a petrified one right here. Had to be buried quickly. So I think to find a civilization and claim you know the age of it based upon the strata it's in, I would stop right there and say, we better have this proven, Your Honor. They're going on a wild assumption. Okay? So I think a whole lot of archaeology is based on the assumption that the geologic column means something and it does not exist anywhere and doesn't mean a thing. Certainly not to me. So I do don't think that I, God, do you believe that God used external forces with the flood? Because not only does it say it rained, but it say it says that uh, water sprung up from the earth. Now I'm curious, did God use? Uh, <clears throat> I think he may have used a meteorite or some kind of uh, something from space in order to cause uh, to help with the flood. Well, that's what this picture I've got on screen. I cover in my video number two. The Bible says when God made the earth, there was water under the crust of the earth. He founded the earth upon the seas. And I cover this with all the Bible verses in video number two. Just go type in creation seminar part two, the Garden of Eden. You can watch that on YouTube or on our channel, uh, drdino.com, or get my video series, 50 bucks for the whole 18 hour. And it also says there was water above the firmament. And it clearly says in Genesis chapter one, the firmament is where the birds fly. That would be the air. So there used to be a water above the air, probably a couple inch thick layer of ice. I believe it was a, called the canopy theory. Two or three inches of super cold ice held up either by the magnetic field or by air pressure like a big, or maybe both. That canopy disappeared at the time of the flood. It collapsed and became down to the earth. But most of the flood water came from inside the earth. The Bible says fountains of the deep broke open. Well, if the water under the crust came shooting up, the crust would then sink in as the water escapes. So the, the earth would, the crust of the earth would shrink maybe a few hundred feet or maybe a mile. And that would cause it to speed up just a little tiny bit. So the earth generally is slowing down. It's always slowing down, except for maybe that one event where the, the mass was more concentrated, like an ice skater pulling their arms in, they spin faster. Okay. But the water underneath came to the surface and it's still here. One atheist said, if the flood, where'd all that water go? I said, it's in the oceans. They're huge. There's enough water in the oceans right now to cover the earth a mile and a half deep everywhere if you smooth it out. So I think the cedar three, the scoffers are ignorant of the creation. What was it like? And ignorant of the flood. The original creation was mostly land, water under the crust, water above the atmosphere. Both of those are now gone. Most are under the crust or in the crust. That's why we have hydrothermal vents. But... Most of it escaped at the time of the flood. I got to cover that in video too. Okay. You um, did you ever 
you may have seen a debate a while back between a guy called Mr. Ham and Bill Nye, the supposed science guy, which he's a corporate shell. But it was interesting. Bill Nye actually lied on this debate. He lied quite a few times. But one thing that really stood out for me was he said it's impossible for the earth to flood over. Yet two days later, he's on the news and telling people that if we don't take care of our climate, the glaciers will melt and our world will be flooded. But during the debate, he said it wasn't possible. Within two days, he screwed himself on that. And I, I don't understand why more people haven't noticed this. Anybody that studies earth science, and I taught that for 15 years, would say there's enough water out there in the oceans right now. The average depth of the oceans is 12,000 feet. The average height of the continents, if you average it out, I forget the number now, it's less than 3,000 feet, I believe. If you smoothed out the world, there's enough water out there to cover the whole world a mile and a half deep. 8,800 feet is the current estimate. So if the earth were smoother, there'd be 8,800 feet of water everywhere. What do you mean it's not possible to flood the world? Theoretically, one drop of water would cover the earth if you spread it real thin. Certainly, there's enough water out there to cover the earth. So there was a flood. Then it says at the end of the flood in Psalm 104, the mountains arose, the valleys sank down, and the water rushed off. I believe the mountains formed toward the end of the flood, and it's interesting, all the mountain ranges follow the coastlines. Why would the Rocky Mountains follow the Pacific Ocean? Why do the Andes Mountains follow the North Atlantic? Why do the Al uh, Alps follow the Mediterranean? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, the Appalachian Mountains. Andes Mountains follow the South Pacific. So I think it's pretty obvious the mountain ranges follow the coastlines. I think they formed at the same time from the same event, Noah's flood. flood. <clears throat> now, the water, would, depending on how fast the earth tilts, would rush off rapidly or slowly if it slowly tilts. I think the whole center part of the United States, the water slowly ran off. I mean, Minnesota is only 1,000 feet above sea level. 1,000 feet, you know, from here to that tree over there. Is the, and the water after the Mississippi, it drops seven inches per mile. Mississippi does seven inches in a mile, average width. So it, because it flows slowly, we have big flat plains in the United States, and the Mississippi loops back and forth, trying to get down. Some rivers flow fast through gorges. I think Grand Canyon probably formed in way less than a week. Mountains lifted up. It was all water was trapped. A big lake was trapped, called Grand Lake and Hopi Lake. They finally got too deep, maybe 50 years after the flood, went over the top of the ridge, cut a notch, and Grand Canyon is cuts right across the Kaibab Plateau. We cover all that on my video number six. What did the flood do? Where did all the water go? Where did it come from? So get my seminar on that. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm way off track here. Go ahead, next question. No, I'm enjoying <clears throat> hearing it. It's always fascinating. The Victoria person still going on about the genetics and the shemales and all this. I think we may have triggered them in the conversation. Kent already said that's not his expertise to even bother with. But the the thing <laughs> thing is, uh, Victoria. Another thing is is that just because someone believes they're there's something they're not is does not make it true. Give you an example. I've done plenty of interviews with people called other kin. These are people who are convinced they are animals. 
just oh. because they strongly believe that. And of course, atheists also believe that too. They believe that they actually came from a, a monkey, a primate, which you talked about a, a thousand times with these folks. Just because you believe that to be the case, there's no observable evidence for it. Sorry. All right, let's see if we got some more questions, unless you want to say yeah. something about that. Well, this guy went to visit the insane asylum one time. And he sees this guy sitting in the chair. He says, who are you? He says, I'm God. And the, uh, he said, who told you that you're God? He said, God told me I'm God. The guy down the hall hollered out, I did not tell you that. So you can think whatever you want to think. <laughs> God designed us, and we're going to answer to him one day. So, Victoria, I don't have any idea what you are biologically or what you think you are mentally, but you better talk to God about that. Okay. There you go. That's the way to do it. We got Aiden here. It says, Brad and Kent, what is your favorite book in the Bible? For me, it's Acts. Well, I like a lot of books, but if I had to pick one that I really, really get a lot out of, that's really, really simple for me to understand. James, I really like that one. What's yours, Kent? That's what Aiden's asking us. My, my very favorite book is Second Opinions. You can find everything in Second Opinions. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share? If anybody else has got any questions, I uh, I understand that you got a debate tonight. What are you going to be debating about? Uh, I've never met the guy before. Uh, all of the debates on this channel have been on one topic. Where's the evidence for evolution? 50 debates. I think this is number 51 or two tonight. Nobody's presented any. I, so I'm hoping he stays on topic. Uh, sometimes they try to go off topic and say, where's for creation? We'll say, well, I'm not asking that to be taught at taxpayer expense. I don't have to prove it. You believe in evolution. Where's the evidence? So far, uh, nobody's found any. Nobody's shown any evidence of any animal or plant ever producing offspring other than their kind, which is what the Bible said would happen. So you can go to Sting for True Channel, where they're going to have the debate at 7 p.m. Central Time. You can go to my channel, drdino.com, D-R-D-I-N-O, and watch all, a lot of them. How many are on there? Uh, there's, um, We're getting all of them on there. I've done a um, bunch, bunch of debates, okay? And I'll, I'll take them all on again. 315, I think, is tonight. Oof, goodness gracious. You got a lot of energy and passion there, Kent. Oh, I don't know if I could handle all that. Hey, I love what I do, brother. This is God's calling for my life. I don't cook. I don't sew. I know how to straighten the atheists out. I took Rick morning because our cook had the day off. It was Captain Crunch or Cheerios. There's your... Is it, don't you find it difficult sometimes? They they tend to parrot the same thing over and over, though. They say it, and, and, and it seems like no matter how many times you tell these folks, I, I have noticed that some people have changed and they've gotten with the program, but my goodness, it's just like uh, they parrot, you know what I mean? Oh, they don't want to believe, brother. It wouldn't matter what you showed them because they know if they admit there's a God... That means he created everything, and that means he owns it, and that means he makes the rules. They don't like his rules, so they deny he exists. Stops right there. Because they, 
And when people watch my seminar, it hits them in two stages. They start off, after they watch it, they say, wow, the Bible's true. Huh. Then it hits them again. Oh, no, the Bible's true. <laughs> I better do what it says. It's, it's simple. Aiden asking me out here. He says, hey, Brett, do you want to talk on the phone or do a show tonight? If that's if not, that's totally fine. Well, I have something scheduled for the first, uh, for people to be able to come in and do their thing. And of course, Kent, you're more than welcome if you want to join. But it is going to be like a free-for-all where a lot of people will be in. But like I said, Aiden, um, I'm not going to do my show like in the past where I let people just come in and run over the guest or over people like that. That was uh, that was the reason why I terminated my account to begin with. I'm not going to put up with that. Well, my battery just died on my laptop, so I uh, can't show you any pictures. It should take me down, River. All right. Oh. I hope any way I can, Brad. Appreciate all you do for the Lord and for the kingdom. And so if I can help any way, let me know. Well, I appreciate your help, Kent. Always, uh, you've always been good on that. One of the other things, too, folks, uh, Kent has left his number in his description. If anyone ever wants to talk with him or have a conversation, there's Kent's up there, and he's got a great crew. So, you know, you don't just have to wait for a video. Or come visit Dinosaur Adventureland in Lenox, Alabama. If you type in Lenox, Alabama, your computer will start laughing at you saying, what, where? We're straight north of Pensacola, 70 miles, itty-bitty town of Lenox. We love it here. Come visit. It's all right. Says Aaron says he's got another question. He says up above, but I don't see his question at all. Let me see. Is it this one? We already did the archaeology question, if that's what you're talking about, Aaron. That's the last question I've seen you post. Copy and paste your new question because I'm not, not seeing it up on the screen. So what do you think about this, uh, Kent? Do you like that, how it's got the chat overlay on the screen and you're able to, I don't know if you're able to see that over there. Oh, yeah. Yep. I see it. Works great, brother. I wish we had more internet here. It's supposed to be coming in today, right, Randy? Yeah, it's supposed to work. Yep. By Slow Pigeon from South Africa. So <laughs> when we got the property out here in Lenox, they said, you know, that's so far out in the country, they have to pump in the sunshine. They said, now the moonshine flows freely around Lenox, but the sunshine, they got to pump it in. So uh, <laughs> we're just now, after it's almost seven years, getting hopefully today a better internet signal out here. No, we'll see, we'll see when, when it actually comes up. Anyway, Ooh, right. thanks for having me on, Brett. Call anytime. Be glad to do it. All right. You're going to be taking off, getting you some rest for the debate tonight? Well, we got lunch for a few minutes, in a few minutes for the crew here, and I got 40 other things going on. So there's no rest for the wicked, so I'm not allowed to rest, but uh, I'll be ready for the debate. All right. Are you wanting to take off, get you some lunch? Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Come visit. Well, Kent, it was a pleasure having you, and uh, I'm sure everybody out there appreciated you answering some questions. It's really nice being able to engage and interact with you, Kent. I'm sure the audience appreciated that. Looking forward to having you in the future. All right. Thank you, brother. All right. Bye.